Hi, I'm Allie. Hi, I'm Matt. Hi, I'm Tammy. Hi, I'm Guido. And this is Quad Pro Club. So how about Allie's party? Oh my god, that was going to be my topic of conversation too. This <laughs> <laughs> is epic. I mean, For our listeners, it was my birthday and... I decided to have a Kurt Russell themed party because I love Kurt Russell and he was born the day before me and everyone dressed up. Everyone did a really good job. I was really proud of my dad. <laughs> your dad? You're well, I thought your dad and I were supposed to be twins. Well, he was debating between being Kurt's character from Overboard because he has like a, a toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was his go-to. Or being Captain Ron. And because we were all pirates at one point when we were kids for Halloween, my mom had all the stuff. Like she had Aww. the earring and the patch and everything. So. Oh my gosh. Well, he didn't wear the earring, right? He did. Oh, he did? He had an earring oh on. I think he so took funny. it off a bunch because it was hurting his ear. But everyone did such a good job. I was uh, Kurt in Overboard. So I had like... Dean, you did a great job. The t-shirt that was cut with that looked and then he was like taking his thumbs and like pulling them in the t-shirt. It was so good. T-shirt, and I had a tool belt on. It was great. The jacket was pretty epic. I wish you actually wore it. It was so hot. I was <laughs> so <laughs> I was Stuntman Mike from Death Proof and um, I had the, the racing jacket and everything but it was really really hot so um, I just looked like a person with a scar and sunglasses. <laughs> I want that jacket. Bad. <laughs> It was a it was a really cool jacket. It's, it's too bad I mean, it was so warm. It. it was just too it was it was really warm on my birthday. Yeah. yeah. Was yes. it like seventy five degrees? Yeah. That's why it. that's why I didn't dress up because everybody just kept saying I wanted to be McCready and I'm like, Nope, nope, I am too fat and it is too hot to wear a huge winter coat the whole time. Yeah. My wig lady rough. showed up later. So my outfit wasn't really like complete. Oh, so your wig's here, by the way. Oh wonderful. I don't yeah. want you know, I don't want to forget that. We have a lot of Kurt Russell prop remnants in the house right now. Yeah, the next day we got a text message saying that there were lots of remnants, lots of eye patches, wig, a gun, a gun, a wider pat. What about a, a hockey stick? Did no, no, hockey no one left a hockey stick. No one left a hockey stick. No one left a hockey stick. Trying to get that hockey. My older brother was like, "What other options are there other than being like a carpenter?" I'm like, "What are you talking about, Jeff?" He's like, "Well, Mara wants to know," and I was like, "Um." There are so many options. Do you know? Do you realize how long Kurt Russell has been acting? You could be so many things. It's not even yeah. funny anymore. Pliskin <laughs> like, was the best one. It was great. You were Snake Pliskin. It was awesome. Escape from L.A. Snake Pliskin. And everyone ate all the food. I'm glad I had so much food. <laughs> we'll have to post pictures on it on our social media. Yes, definitely. How Although, how much pork did you wind up keeping? How much did you have left over? I think we had like um, we had like half a like a half a crock pot maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's good. A lot of it got were, taken. You said you had a lot. That we did make a lot. The right amount of pork. Mm-hmm. I refilled those that st- that thing that crockpot thing you gave us at least three times though, and it ran really? out. Yeah, people were eating it. It was delicious. Well, the, and then the rolls were like they were really to us like they were um, tiny like club rolls. Mm-hmm. The so one you could put like like probably four bites. You mean the Hawaiian rolls or the ones that the bread people brought? Well, both. Oh, and then I had club rolls for the meatballs too. Oh right. Yeah. So they but they were like. You could have tons and tons of sliders. I just really appreciated how I spent the whole night smoking that pork. And then I was the one that had to shut down the party, too. So I was running. Oh, yeah, I went to bed. I was running. Wait a second. You quit on you quit on him. Everyone had left. He was so tired. I was I was (laughs) he was not in a good mood. Well, you were up at what? Five o'clock in the morning. No, no, no. I didn't sleep at all the night before. I was, what? I was, I mean, I, I like napped, but every, like I had to like, I had to baste it. I had to wrap it and I had to sit there and just make sure I didn't run out of any. It, it's, it was a huge, uh, a huge affair. Yeah. He was smoking the pork like all night. <laughs> well, you pulled it at like seven something. Yeah. Why, why didn't you just cook it later? Cause I thought. I was going to need more time to do it. Oh. And I wanted to make sure that it was done before the party. I didn't want to be preparing it as people were showing up. Gotcha. Got it. So, yes, my party was amazing. It was, though. There were gummy worms. They were gummy snake pliskins. And we were childless, so I could drink (sighs) incredible amounts of Prosecco. There was a lot. Tammy showed up. And I had the worst. I I am Tammy. She is Tammy. That's right. Tammy showed up. Evil Tammy showed up. Tammy one and Tammy two. Tammy two showed up. Yeah, Tammy she's, two showed up. She's kind of a good time. She is a good time. <laughs> I 
All right, so just a refresh of what our podcast is, Quad Pro Quo, was inspired by the quid pro quo scene from Silence of the Lambs. So it's the scene where Clarice has to get information from Hannibal Lecter about Buffalo Bill. So she volunteers information about her past and then he volunteers information about Buffalo Bill. So we took that and put a movie spin on it. And so every week one of us will pick a movie, we'll talk about it, and it's up to the person who selected it to, I guess, try and convince everyone that it's good. (laughs) I don't have to convince anyone that my movies are good. It's harder for some than others. It is harder for some than others. It really depends on the movie you pick. Yeah. So this is our second month. (laughs) I have an excellent, you know, taste in music or movies, so. Wrong. Okay. So um, this is week one of month two, I guess, of our podcast, and it's my pick. It's Allison's pick again. Yay. Um, What did you pick? Okay, so I picked, and I think, I apologize, because I think when we did the, the last episode, I said this movie came out in 1995, but it actually came out in 1996. It's directed by Ted Demi, who also directed movies like Blow with Johnny Depp and The Ref. Uh, so Ted Demi directed Blow and The Ref. and Love The Ref. Yes, it's a good movie. And he is also the nephew of Jonathan Demi, who directed Silence of the Lambs. And this movie that we're going to talk about Stars Matt Dillon, Timothy Hutton, Rosie O'Donnell, Natalie Portman, Uma Thurman. Just a who's who of actors. And we're talking about beautiful girls. They're the best of friends. I got anything in my stash? Be clean. Why is he here? In town for their high school reunion. I've been back exactly uh, four minutes. But they have one big problem. They're all falling in love with beautiful girls. And a, who is that guy that's in so many movies? A that lot I don't of know what his name bunch is. Of that guy. A so lot of that, that guy. So there's a yeah. lot of that guys too. Specifically Noah Emmerich. His name is Noah Emmerich. <laughs> I keep wanting to call them Norm. Yes. Because <laughs> there's just so many like, you're like, I've seen that guy in so many movies. I'd also like to point out that this movie was written by Scott Rosenberg, who also wrote Con Air. Just putting that out there. Very right there. So, they're yep. so different. They're so different. So apparently, yeah, because Con Air is actually exciting. So apparently, well, <sighs> it's an Dude, action know, movie. Right? This like is not so an action many movie. In this movie it's <clears throat> so apparently, Scott Rosenberg wrote this movie in like basically <clears throat> a week when he was waiting for Con Air to be made, and he was tired of writing action movies because he had written a lot of action movie. movies. Oh, really? And so he was tired of writing action movies. He wanted to write something of substance. I mean, I, I think Con Air is amazing, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but he wrote this movie, Beautiful Girls, in a very short, like, five days or something like that. I can't tell. How do you write a movie in five days? Oh, it happens. I like, mean, all of the script and everything? Or he just writes you just Maybe write he the just plot. wrote the treatment, but yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It happens. Try being monumentally bored. I think he went home, kind of where it's set, sort of like outside Boston, like a small New England town. And he was, like I said, waiting for Con Air to get picked up or, or bought or something, and he was tired of writing all these action movies so decided to write beautiful girls i'll just throw this little project in there exactly basic storyline is we follow a 20 i think he's 29 29 year old piano player from new york 28 10 year the whole concept is the 10 year anniversary yeah but some people are 19 when they graduate high school so he is a uh, piano player in New York City. We're following Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton plays Willie. I was um, 17 when I graduated high school. Oh, aren't you special? I was I was 18. I just turned 18 in that March. He returns home to New England. We're assuming somewhere outside Boston. They say the name of a town, but I don't think it's an actual town. It's gross New England. Yeah. And um, he's going back for his 10-year high school reunion. Did, and <laughs> did you guys go to your high school reunions? No. I haven't really had one. How would you, no. how would you uh, describe Willie's look? Willie, what does this man look like? Okay, so Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton is quite cool. Yeah, uh, we quite get cool. it. In we that like, 90s, like... He's got burns. He's got sideburns. Got and sideburns. some scruffy I hair. I don't I know. I smoke cigarettes. I wear duster. He looks I'm like... Cool. He's got a little guy in his head that's constantly telling him, you are the most beautiful man in the world. I never you got the that vibe. Beautiful man in the world. Even when he's like supposed to be upset and he's got like watery eyes, still in the back of his mind, you're the most beautiful man in the world. No, no, no. That's Matt Dillon. I feel I like think he's I feel like very he's attractive. The little man, the little Personally. man in, in uh, Timothy Hutton's head is like, dude, you are so cool. You are so cool. Yeah, you play that piano and you count your money all normal, like. But he's not like a rich, a successful piano, piano player. player. He's like. 
somebody no, that's aspiring but he's to be still rich really cool. Yeah, so he plays in like piano bars in New York City. He's not super famous. Um, he's very talented, but he's kind of coming to the point in his life where he might make a decision of stopping playing piano and maybe taking an actual job, which we find out a little bit later. I also like to point out that this we're going to talk about. Oh, I want, did want to issue a little bit of a trigger warning because we are going to be talking about some sensitive subjects, age of consent, we'll say, and a little bit about sexual assault because unfortunately quite a few people in this movie have been accused of it. Gee. First being the Weinsteins who produced it. Sorry. But uh, just a little trigger warning for that. So we meet Timothy Hutton. He's on his way home for his 10-year high school reunion. Then we meet Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon from Something About Mary and many many movies Matt Dillon's been around forever so he still lives in the town in New England he owns a snowplow and construction company and obviously it's New England and it's most likely November because that's usually when 10-year high school reunions take place is right around Thanksgiving a lot of snow so he did a really <laughs> shitty job plowing that drive because they were really shitty snowplows I have strong opinions about snowplows <sighs> and let me tell the you same opinions that you had about the guys who did my yard and, and their well they were overloading their trailer so I already know everything I need to know okay about they're idiots so Matt Dillon plays Tommy a uh, bird man that was his name in high school and um, we kind of meet him with his protege Kevin another yeah the guy who works for him another that guy I'm sorry I didn't write his name down but Kevin um works for Matt Dillon she asked me what his name was when there was five minutes left in the movie well I did actually have it written down early on but (laughs) I kept kept saying the third guy (laughs) that's what I kept writing down so there uh we kind of meet Matt Dillon we meet Kevin they're plowing the driveway of the first kind of woman we see who is Lauren Holly. Lauren Holly um, from Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. That's it. Dumb and Dumber. She was married to Jim Carrey, I think. She was. Was she married mm-hmm. to him yes. or were they yeah, just yeah, dating? Yeah. No, okay. no, 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 they um, were married. Sammy Swanson. Swanson Samsonite. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right. I so, uh, call her Samsonite. Her name is Darian in the movie. Her right? name is Darian. And we find out a little bit later that her and Matt Dillon's character, Tommy, were boyfriend and girlfriend in high school. She was like the cheerleader. He was the captain the football team they were kind of like the golden couple and you kind of get the impression not the impression you kind of know that they're probably still fucking oh my god even though she's married with the kid that's so shocking fucking. matt dillon playing a man whore yes matt dillon that's plays so a man tight whore. Ca- oh wow that is so out of his range <laughs> he has the most like rigid facial bone structure doesn't he who matt dillon yeah oh yeah you could cut glass on his face yeah, yeah it's like do you think there's Botox involved there? No, I th- he's always kind Gosh. of looked like that. He's always been like that, yeah. Cruel he got, bit. I think he's, I mean, he's better looking than his brother. His brother's kind of looking, but Matt's always been the better looking one, I feel like. Of Is the, his brother of the, an actor? His brother's in Entourage. Did you ever watch Entourage? I did. Yeah, his brother's Kevin the little did. little one? No, the brother of Adrian. The little one? I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, you're really handsome. Turtle. No, the um <laughs> the brother of the main guy, the one who's like the washed up actor. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's Matt, his brother? That's Kevin Dillon. Oh, I think he's more attractive. Oh, no. I don't, but. He Hard looks pass. tall. To each his own. Hard no. Okay. So then we also meet um, another amazing man in this movie who is Kevin. Yeah, I'm going to say Kevin Dillon now. Matt Dillon's business partner, played by Michael Rapaport. Guido. Fucking Rapaport. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you that this man is a walking accent. Okay? He is hired to be an accent and to not act. So we meet Michael Rapaport. Again, these are all the people that have never left this town. We get the impression that Timothy Hutton is the only person that's ever left this town after high school, but they were all friends. Michael Rappaport, they kind of meet in a diner. He says he's going to go talk to his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, Jan. Get his lats. <laughs> he goes, I wrote that he checks the phone for quarters. He's one of those guys. He checks the public phone for quarters that may be in the slot. Up. But what's he going to go do? What's he getting out there to do? He's kind of pissed at his ex-girlfriend, who we're going to find out later is played by an amazing person. But he, instead of plowing the snow away from her driveway, plows all the snow into her driveway so she can't get out in the morning. because He's a dick. He's a dick. Piece of shit. <laughs> and he has an adorable dog, a St. Bernard named the, El yeah, McPherson. Yeah, the dog is literally the only redeeming quality that he has in this movie Mm -hmm. i think he's just a douche in this so i don't know if i was gonna (laughs) date anyone it would probably end up being him yes Uh, i I said the same thing i love michael rapaport also michael rapaport is a known bravo super fan loves the real housewives has been on now i know why these two like has been on andy cohen many times he's been a guest on bitch sesh 
He's oh, so really? funny. Oh my god, he oh, is I like heard him. he I've is heard that huge. Episode. Yes, he is a huge Housewives fan. I think I was, he's even I written think a book. I was really impressed at his facts and he's his obsessed. knowledge. About he's Bravo. obsessed. He's obsessed. That's amazing. I think he wrote a book about the Housewives. Like he wrote, a, like he loves really? the Housewives. Yes. So we meet the kind of final friend in the group who goes to pick up Timothy Hutton's character of Willie. His name is Mo, and he's another that guy, but his, he's played by Noah Mo. Emmerich. Noah Emmerich's been in a That's ton. That's the guy that I would date out of all of them, the Truman he's Show He's too guy. nice. He's yeah. in the Truman Show. He plays Jim Carrey's friend in the Truman Show. He's in the first season of The Walking Dead. He's in a lot of stuff. Noah Emmerich's been around for a while, and he's, he's married, two kids. You know, he works at the local kind of production plant and he never left the town either but um so he goes to pick up timothy hutton at the bus station he's the only one with kids in the movie other than um uh lauren holly lauren holly is a kid yeah and so they kind of talk in the car about how you know timothy hutton's been dating a girl for 11 months and i just think it's so funny that i feel like if this movie was made now none of them would be married with kids because they're 28 and they always talk about like well, she's pressuring me. Well, she's 28. I mean, like, it's just so much pressure. Biological clock is ticking. Most but if they made this movie now, none of them would be married. Half of them would probably be still living at home with their parents. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's Absolutely. A generational differences. It's a definite generational difference. Well, inflation. David Arquette is still. Well, D- David Arquette. David Arquette is his brother. David Arquette is okay. Timothy Hutton's brother. Yeah. We find that out in a little bit. He still lives at home, but he's probably. I think only 21 or 22. So, okay. And then also, by the way, he was playing the brother. A we think uh, he might be uh, possibly mentally challenged. Yeah. You, okay. you don't let him in your parts. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, we get a first glimpse when Timothy Hutton gets dropped off at his house. We get the first glimpse of the neighbor who is played by Natalie Portman. She's building a snowman in the front yard. We find out that she is 13. I will say that she was 15 in real life when she filmed this movie. This was two years after The Professional, where um, she also played a young girl and an older man was involved in some way. And we find out, you know, Timothy Hutton's mom died. His dad's kind of lost. He's sad. He watches golf all day. And he just doesn't really know how to have relationships outside of... You can tell the mom held that family together. And we meet his brother, who's played by David Arquette, who, again, is also kind of a weird... Not wearing wearing pants when we see him. We're like, dude, put some fucking pants on. There's like a (laughs) 13-year-old girl over there. But, you know, that's the least of the issues. The tidy-whitey guy tells you a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's in his house. Why does he need to wear pants when it's him and his dad like they're yeah just hanging that's true out. it's not that weird i guess and he just woke up i think he went on like a bender the night before <laughs> yeah give him a break yeah he had a lot of blocks to put in order timothy hutton goes and hangs out with michael rapaport's character's name paul michael rapaport's character lives with matt dylan it's a really creepy room he lives in there's models all over the wall it's a single bed which never it's trust a beat a laboratory it's never like trust a, a man who will not beat. get a bigger bed it's like uh when we were teenagers and we'd get those teen beat or tiger beat magazines and we'd put like pictures of the backstreet boys in sync all over it's all over every corner of the wall but then times x but then this guy's like i can't believe it i can't believe that my girlfriend she doesn't want to you know she she's left me for this guy that's cutting meat when meanwhile 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 you're just sitting here in a man cave in your perpetual man child just sitting there like i can't believe it man she doesn't want me Look, look at what I got here with all these... Models. Yeah, models. Beautiful girls. Beautiful girls. It's like a fucking frat house for Duna. Yeah, yeah he talks Duna. about Jan, his ex-girlfriend, who's dating a meat cutter, Who and meat what bothers cutter. him the most is that Jan's a vegetarian. She's dating a meat cutter. Which is against the rules. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Yeah. So what then... What kind of life is that? I mean, your, your stepsister uh, Mary is a vegetarian, and she married an avid deer hunter. I mean, mm-hmm. an everything hunter. Is she a vegetarian because a of the meanness to animals, or because she just doesn't want to eat meat? Hunter and uh, I don't. I don't know. I think she gave it up for like a dare, and then she just never went back. I'm not sure. Okay. So we then get the first full convo between Willie Timothy Hutton and Natalie Portman's character, whose name is Marty, not short for Martha. Marty, named after an uncle she never knew. Grandfather. Grandfather, I'm sorry. Marty. As in Martha? As in Marty. Named for a grandfather I never even knew, Martin. So now I'm Marty. Just Marty, a girl named Marty. It is, I think, the bane of my existence. And, you know, she says right away that she's an old soul. She says she's 13, but she's an old soul. How old are you? 13. Ah. But I'm an old soul. That's she has some very. Forward. She has some very profound thoughts on Willie and his 
sad house. She says, your brother's kind of missing that thing that a mom gives you. Your dad's kind of a sad guy. Your brother's kind of missing that thing, that thing that having a mom gives you. She knows right away, basically, that it's a very sad yep. home, it's she am- says. Yeah, it's amazing that the 13-year-old in the movie is the most intelligent and, like, experienced one out of the entire cast. Well, aside from... Soul. aside from only explanation you, you get. You get, aside Juno, from you get Juno vibes oh God, from, so from Natalie Portman. But at least she talks normal. She's wise beyond her years. I feel like they should have cast her as, like, a 16-year-old. I feel like she's... Too young. Why'd you gotta be 13? She's 13. Again, she was 15. And the way she looks at this dude, and the way he looks back, like he's walking into his house, and he makes eye contact with her Ooh. six fucking times, man. It's just, it's inappropriate from the very fucking beginning. It's a little odd, yes. Stop looking at me, dude. It's the same thing. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. Our listeners can't see this, but they're staring at each other. It's really weird. Get lost <laughs> in my eyes. So the next scene is we're introduced to Jan, who is Michael Rappaport's ex-girlfriend, played by my favorite 80s actress, Martha Plimpton, from Goonies, from Parenthood. Really? Out of all of the 80s movies ever, she's I seen? love Martha Plimpton. Like Phoebe Cates and you well, Jessica, Goonies. you know, Jessica Lange from, from uh, Big Fish, you know. No, I love Martha Plimpton. What about Molly... Uh Ringwald? Molly Ringwald. No, it was never Molly Ringwald, girl. If I was going to go for it, it would be Martha Plimpton or Winona Ryder. Those are my okay. 80s. Those are my 80s ladies. Winona Ryder's more of a 90s, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I would say so. Mm, Reality yep. bites Edward Scissorhands all over. I mean, yeah, she has Heather's, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Those are 80s movies. But uh, Martha Plimpton plays Jan. She works as a waitress at a bowling alley. Her and Rappaport are supposed to be taking a break, but he obviously, she says, only faced with losing me, do you actually want me? Because he proposes with a brown diamond. A brown diamond. It's just like, it's, it's brown. brown. Champagne. He says, champagne. it's the latest in diamonds, <laughs> champagne. Do an impression of, of Michael Rappaport saying champagne. Champagne. Yeah. Champagne. She says no. He's pissed. She says more than no. She does say she no. She throws the ring back in his face. She does. This is the best proposal ever. Because again, like, you know, you're better than nothing. So, uh, you know. Why don't you just be with me then? It, he does yeah, it's it like in the middle of her job. It's too. like the it's like the Springsteen line in um in Thunder Road was like you ain't a beauty but eh, you're all right. Well, because she gave him an ultimatum basically. She said either propose or we're breaking up. Yeah, and but she had already made her decision. Well, they've been together for six years. He's not a catch. <laughs> like, are you serious? She could do so much better, and she fucking knows it. I mean, she so fucked. Good. She fucked good Keanu in Parenthood. She did fuck Keanu in Parenthood. This is a trade down. Keanu's been in that. <laughs> well, Keanu in the, has been in, in the movie okay. Parenthood. Well, yeah, you know, good for her. <laughs> um. So then we're the next. I mean, scene. I'm pretty sure she macked on. She was hugging and kissing Sean Astin in the Goonies. So yeah, rap. No, board. Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Yeah. Feldman. Uh, okay. Mouth. Then, Mouth. Then maybe maybe it's a toss up between him and rap. <laughs> well, she was older in, in this movie, too. Yeah. So then we kind of get a, a glimpse of kind of the whole crew back together. Hutton, Timothy Hutton and Matt Dillon's characters head to the local bar owned by an old friend named Stinky. And it's kind of like a little little watering hole down a really shitty lane, as Guido's going to say. It's <laughs> in a back alley shithole because, A, it's, um, it's in New England. And, two, they have to drive through, like... All the all the dilapidated rust bucket shit piles. <laughs> yeah, it's they have to drive depressing. There. Everything's rusty as hell. It's the frozen food section of the U.S. is just awful. There's a PBR sign attached. It like looks like a regular like town in like New a Jersey. Small town. <laughs> it it was a normal like tiny small town. It was well, awful. No, because moving it's, on because it's New England. And because they love the Patriots, it's just a shithole. And now it's owned bucket. by Stinky. So, I mean, you know. the only thing that I can really critique about the bar is that there were way too many lights on. I find out later there's super a light. fireplace in this bar, and I completely recant everything I said. Yeah. Well, and the guy who owns the bar is another that guy. And then the guy who bartends at the bar is another that guy. <laughs> um, but we kind of get the whole crew together. So we get Willie and Michael Rappaport and uh, Matt Dillon and Steve. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. And there's some saucy language, and they basically talk about how Michael Rapport is stupid for proposing for to a girl who doesn't want him with a brown diamond. <laughs> yeah, they make they make fun, fun of, of the brown diamond. Bad. As then, they should. Then we yeah. get then we get this rock salt. So <laughs> then we get the second meeting with between Timothy Hutton and Natalie Portman. Timothy oh Hutton is shoveling the driveway. Natalie Portman asks, you know, critiques his shoveling technique. 
asks Timothy Hutton is he, if he has a girlfriend. So the the banter is adult. We'll talk. We'll say she's so nosy. She's a little nosy. She says that he looks like a dude in flux. No fucking thirteen year old yeah. has ever said that ever. And then she asks. Oh no, she says she says she's thirteen, and then she talks about how she's short, but she's gonna be tall. And then she says, "I'll be hot." Uh-huh. And then asks about his girlfriend. Asks if his girlfriend is fat, which is annoying. Well, I would no. Well, he she says, "Will you are you gonna marry her?" And he says, "I don't know." And then she says, "Is she fat?" As if that's the only reason not to marry somebody is because they're fat. <laughs> so again, we're getting a little bit more deep into this mildly not mildly inappropriate friend relationship between timothy hutton and natalie Portman. it's even worse because i wrote down at this point because you know yeah i know i made the joke about how timothy hutton is always looked perpetually cool now i'm like dude i know he's supposed to be like 28 or something but he looks like he's 40 like I this guy, think so. this oh guy, timothy hutton yeah timothy okay. hutton always looks old like i even remember when he was in Ordinary People, the movie that he won the Oscar for, he was a teenager. I was like, that dude looks like the age that Natalie Portman is trying to act like. Like, he looks like he's in his 30s and he's like 16-year-old. He went from, it's just crazy because he went from Ordinary People to now it's Ordinary Pedo. <laughs> oh, did you mention Uma Thurman? This not is yet. We, Shit, we haven't met her yet. What? We I have thought not we met her at the bar. Not, did, not, Sammy, that, not at that point. At not at that point. Oh, no. okay. Spoiler alert. Uma Thurman comes into I'm play. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's I okay. didn't mean to. Okay. It's not fine. Well, yes. So Timothy Hutton, well, he's I supposed to be 28. In the movie, he is actually 36 when he Gross. was in this role. I wrote um, that I thought Natalie Portman was adorable. Adorable. Oh, point. no. No, we're not. Adorable. Dating. It's just, but it's creepy. With even with the, lang- like the language and how smart she is and how well she speaks. Yeah. I thought it was like cute at this point, and then later on, I changed my opinion. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. So then we uh, we are in a scene with Matt Dillon's again his character. We're just gonna call I'm gonna call him Birdman because that's what his name is was in high school. And well, his name is Tommy. He yeah. Peaked in high school. But I'm gonna say, but his nickname was Birdman, the Birdman. And uh, his current girlfriend is Sharon, played by Mira Sorvino, another Oscar winner. There are three in this movie. She's smoking. BT dubs. Um, they just had sex, and obviously she's upset because she knows that Birdman Tommy is still sleeping with. What happened to that boy? With what's her name again? Darian. Darian. Dumb and Dumber chick. Dumb and Dumber. Samsonite. They're still sleeping <laughs> together. She's very upset about it. Obviously. How does she know? Well, she does really like, likes him. Smell like Samsonite. No, she says it would be nice right. if every time we made love, you weren't thinking about her. She can tell. Yes. Samsonite's all up in yeah. his mind. Well, you know. And I also want to point out that she's wearing the most unattractive panties on the most one of the most beautiful women ever. They're she's like big, high-rise granny panties. Like, ugh. She's still looking good in her Thursday panties. She looks great. She looks great. Well, you know, it's New England. She's got to wear it for warmth. And she looks great now, too. She was on... Long johns, buddy. She was on the impeachment show, the Bill Clinton... Um, you know, the Bill Clinton show with um, that... What's his name? From Glee did. And she played Monica Lewinsky's mom. She, I didn't even know it was her for a second. I, did, I just stared at her. She looked amazing. She looks really good. And it also is a little bit. Mira Sorvino is one of the people that um, obviously was a survivor of Harvey Weinstein. This is obviously Harvey a movie Sizzle, that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. she was in, and Harvey Weinstein and the Weinstein you brothers. Famous. She also has an Oscar, won it for being in another movie with a questionable person in it, Woody Allen's movie, <laughs> Mighty Aphrodite. She won an Oscar for that. Uh, Sharon goes to talk to her friends. Oh um, one of God. them being one of them being Mo's wife. Mo, we met earlier. He's married with the two kids. Um, I don't remember her name. Her name is Sarah. Sarah. And her other friend, Gina, who is played by Rosie O'Donnell. Incoming oh. Betty Rubble. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rosie's here to ruin your fucking day. I personally think that she is very funny in this movie. She's she, eye poison. Oh, my God. I liked her rant about women. I love her rants. Oh, yes. Her rants where she was like, were basically shocking. She says, men can't commit. Oh, shit. That rant made my pee-pee go up inside my tummy. Good. I like what she says. I, uh, but again, the, the idea that 
because Mira Sorvino is not their age. Mira Sorvino is 25. She's younger than them. And mm-hmm. so Rosie O'Donnell's like, you'll have, you'll, you'll regret it. At some point, you'll have images in your mind of heating up a bowl of Campbell's soup for one and then trying <laughs> to forget about the cobwebs that are growing in your womb. She's 25. <laughs> she's, she's oh, my God. She's and Matt Dillon is a person. dick. So it's like basically Rosie O'Donnell uh, owns the hair salon in town. Oh, she does? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in the hair salon. And she is probably, she went to high school with Timothy Hutton and Matt Dillon. So she's their age. You know, they basically decide Mira Sorvino wants to throw Tommy, the Birdman, a birthday party because it's his birthday soon. You know, so he can grow up. Yeah. (laughs) And so then the next scene we see Timothy Hutton, Willie, uh, at breakfast with Mo and his family. Like I said, he's married with two kids. And he kind of starts talking about how he might stop being a piano player and he might get a sales job. And I made a note that they're eating pancakes and there was real maple syrup on that table. Thank God they're using real maple Go ahead. syrup. Well, Delicious. it is New England. I mean, that would be crazy if they weren't. It's New England. Well, I mean, it is close to Vermont. Yes. They were also using real ketchup at the bar, too. <sighs> this is the moment in which I saw the Hallmark logo show up at the bottom of the screen. Is it Heinz ketchup? Because that's the only real ketchup that I consider. Nah, that's what everyone thinks, yeah. Heinz is a football field. Do you have Hunt in your refrigerator? Is no. That no. no. I buy Heinz, but. Hell no. <laughs> we're a pretty no ketchup. I mean, me Not and my brothers block. are a pretty no ketchup. But again, this is another example of like the, what, you're going to give up on your dream? You're going to sell out? He's 28 years old, and Mo is treating it like he's like, it's just, it's crazy. What a dream, let me tell you. I'm getting older. You know, you're 28. You're 28 years old. Like I said, if this movie was made now, Timothy Hutton's character would still be living at home and working at Starbucks, probably. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. And, and this movie and is the not other, old. Like, and the other guy would be telling him to either. give up his dream. Yes. You're like... Dude, yes. 28 and you're living at home. Give up Give up your crap. dream. So then next week, we're back at the bar. We're back at Stinky's. The whole crew's there. And they kind of have this scene where Michael Rappaport says, look at those three guys at the end of the bar. They work all day. They drink all night. 40 fucking years. Look at those three guys down there <laughs> drinking every day. We got to watch ourselves. Sounds like a pretty sweet life. Though. Well, that's what, that's what Kevin, that, Kevin, Kevin says. And he's like, that's going to be us if we don't like watch ourselves. And Kevin goes, cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're introduced to Stinky's cousin, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman plays her. Uma. She walks in, and Uma. you can tell right away that she is, I mean, in my opinion, the beautiful girl that they're all talking about. Like, mm-hmm. she is the cool girl. She is the and coolest. She's, she's from out of town. She's, so she's, she's from mysterious. Chicago. She's from Chicago. She's visiting her cousin, Stinky, who owns the bar. Her name is Andira. And we do not get to see her feet in this movie. No feet. Well, no, this isn't a Tarantino movie. This is a Demi movie. I'm just saying, yes. It's also in the winter. It, you know, yes. Feet. She's like, you see her feet in the winter in Kill Bill when there's all that snow and all that. But she's cool. She says, do you guys want to do a shot? They assume she wants to do something girly, and she says she wants to do whiskey, so another notch on the cool belt. Girls like num-nums. She's in advertising. She lives in Chicago. She likes football. She likes baseball. She's the cool girl. She's the one that they all want. She has a boyfriend, so meh. Um, born with boyfriends. And then it wouldn't be... A movie set in New England if there wasn't a sing-along to Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. You see, I was (laughs) actually wondering, wondering, is this where that obsession with that song started? Because this isn't as old as... It actually, this movie came out... Piano Man. uh, This movie came out a year before they started doing it at Red Sox games. So I'm saying, maybe this inspired that. It could have. Well, to be honest, I mean, Sweet Caroline is big in New England because it's about Caroline Kennedy. But Billy, Billy goes from New York, so... Yeah, so fuck him. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it was Rappaport. Yeah. No, but uh, Sweet Caroline's about Caroline Kennedy. So, it, you know, it's New England. They're obsessed with the Kennedys up there. Then we get another great scene. Rosie O'Donnell, Timothy Hutton, and Matt Dillon shopping. We get an epic rant Don't from worry. Rosie O'Donnell. She brings her soapbox with her wherever oh, she, she goes. Oh, she does. And boy, is she on top of it. And Basically talking about how... Industrial strength soapbox. <laughs> Let's not wait shame here. Come on. I'm sorry. I just don't like Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> She's a slob. She's <laughs> gross. She's a disgusting person. She's got bigger hands than you, buddy. Oh, my gosh. So she gives an <laughs> epic rant basically about how men only want something that is beautiful 
Hence the name of the movie. And skinny. And skinny. And big boobs. And she pulls out a penthouse. You see some shiny. Did she buy that? She's like, if she didn't, then she stole it from that store. She, she walked put it back. No, she thought walked it was out a sleeve. with it. I'm pretty sure she handed it to the guy at the no, register. She literally puts it back it. on the shelf. No, nah, she she kept it. No, she didn't. We all know what she's going to do oh with it later. Oh, my gosh. Flick the bean. Bing, bing. All righty. Well, she talks about how the hourglass figure is fake. Well, she be- yeah, she basically says Bullshit. that God is a cool guy. He gave the skinny girls little tits and the bigger girls big tits. Girls with big tits have big asses. Girls with little tits have little asses. That's the way it goes. God doesn't fuck around. He's a fair guy. He gave the fatties big, beautiful tits. And the skinnies, little tiny nibblers. It's not my rule. You don't like it, call him. He's fair. That's what yeah. he does. <laughs> Thanks, Rosie. And then he goes on. A, she goes on a whole spiel about plastic surgery and like that sort of thing. And you know, obviously, doesn't get through the to Matt Dillon or Timothy Hutton because they don't give a shit. But it's a funny scene. It's a pretty good rant. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's pretty good. Timothy Hutton seeing Natalie Portman talking to her little her little boyfriend, little thirteen year old boyfriend, and he he does seem a little jealous. He goes outside without his coat on to ask her about the boy. Nellie Portman says he's nice. He's into male contraception, which is nice for a change, which for a 13-year-old is... That's what I'm saying. It should be like a 16-year-old. <laughs> the fact that he goes out of his way movie. to talk to her about anything ever at all is out of line. He should stay in his house and stop looking out his window so much. So he can't have a conversation with, with a girl under the age of 18 without being a perv. Today? Yep. I mean, I will say, and I am not condoning this in any way, shape, or form. She is the one that brings up sex, contraception, asking if he has a girlfriend, relationships. He doesn't bring up any of that shit. Romeo and Juliet. If anything, he's the one that's like, oh, well, we kind of got an age problem here. But I'll wait for you. Which, no, she asks him to wait for her. Oh, and so he was like, fault. hail I'm, to the nah. I am not saying it's her fault in any way. I'm saying it's she the movie. It's, it. it makes it seem like she's the one that like is perpetrating it, which is odd. It's creepy. It is creepy to watch. It's uncomfortable to watch sometimes. How, but he does pursue oh, conversations with her. And yeah. then she says these things. Yeah. So I think he, he, I mean, if he truly didn't want to have these conversations, he would have avoided her. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. It is, I feel like, similar to the Juno, Jason Bateman relationship in Juno where... It's very uncomfortable, and she's kind of looking for a father figure, which is weird in that movie because she has a great father, but she wants someone to identify with, and then he takes it as, you want to be with me, which is very odd. But I don't really feel like Tim Timothy Hutton's like, ooh, Jason Bateman like actively is going to leave his family to be with Juno in that movie. Timothy Hutton's not like, yeah. I'm going to get down with this 13-year-old. Like, he's not saying that. Well, he just, when he's drunk, he says in, the, in a he little does. bit. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Which makes us feel uh, the way that we're feeling. So then we get this kind of disgusting scene where Mo, Willie, and Kevin decide to rate women oh, based off looks, games. body, and personality. Because they're asking about Timothy Hutton's, ki- Timothy Hutton's girlfriend, Tracy, who we're going to meet a little bit later. And they say, rate her 1 to 10, face, body, personality. Is and this he, when they're in Paul's apartment with all of the posters? Oh, the beautiful girls. No, beautiful they're girls. in a... I mean, I think they are in his apartment, but they're not in Paul's room. They're just in the apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he gives his girlfriend, Tracy, a good, solid seven and a half for all three categories. Which is fair when you see her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she Actually, was no, wonderful. I'll, I'll give her a like, for personality. Personality, yeah. I'll give the... Another 80s. And she's smart. Lady we're going to meet later. She's a lawyer. She's... Yeah. She's, she's, we're going to meet her later. She's... Amazing. So then we find Matt Dillon and Mira Sorvino's character heading to the VFW for his surprise birthday party. And we kind of already get certain conversation earlier in the movie that Mira Sorvino obviously doesn't eat a lot. Michael Rapport says something to Matt Dillon earlier in the movie of you got one girl destroying her marriage and another girl destroying her stomach. He basically wreaks havoc on women. Let's be honest. So surprise B-Day party. Again, it's New England because they're eating lobster. Yeah, but it's lobster at a VFW. It's at a VFW. And it starts I was like, out <laughs> yep. with I Rosie being to Rosie. I want to go to this VFW that they serve lobster. Michael Rappaport says, I'm DJing. And Rosie Donna says, no, no Jethro Tull. No Jethro. <laughs> and then it fades into an m- amazing Jethro Tull song. There's really good music in this movie. Like, this is my domain. I mean, well, I, I don't think they were serving lobster. I think it's private party. They bought lobster for the party. Regardless. Yeah. So then um, everyone's having a good time. Mira Sorvino's happy. And then 
Uh-oh. Drunk, Incoming. drunk-ass redhead Lauren Holly comes in. Samsonite, Samsonite shows up. Samsonite to fuck it all up. She's drunk. Hanging all over She's Tommy. She's hanging all over Tommy. Mira Sorvino. Big lips all over his She's trying to smooch him. She has a... Whispering sweet yeah. things in his ear. Mira Sorvino gets upset and her and... Rosie O'Donnell and Sarah, Sarah, Mo's wife, all leave because disgusting. It's, I mean, yeah, gross. I feel really bad for Mo mostly here because on the way out, his <laughs> wife goes, get home early to pay the babysitter. And Mo's like, what oh. the fuck did I do, man? This is my night, too. But does he go home early to pay no. the babysitter? No. And no. like a boss, real big dick energy here, okay? He pulled a pro gamer move, and I'm... Probably would have done the same thing. Doesn't go home early. Matt Dillon takes Lauren Holly home. They make out a little in the truck. You, again, get, you know, obviously they've still been, I, have they been sleeping together since high school? We don't really know. They but never stopped fucking. I, I don't think they ever did. They never stopped fucking. And like I said, she's married with a kid, but, you Could know. He is. I don't think the kid's his. But because he makes like, he makes a comment and she goes, don't categorize my marriage as bad just because you're unhappy. I'm like, your marriage is. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I think that they like took a break for X amount of years, and then this is kind of like something that happened later. It's a possibility, but they both have probably never left the town, so we don't really know. And I, I like, I do like that she says you can slip, you can come in and slip into something more comfortable, like me. That was her line. Where's her husband? I'm, I, I guess he's maybe he's traveling or he's out for the. I don't know. Like he's out with his kid? dude bros. Their maybe. kid. I know. No, she's the kid, just getting the kid some wasn't gas. there either. You know what I mean? She's just getting gas, babe. I'll be back in a little while. So then we cut back to the BFW where uh, Willie, Timothy Hutton, and Mo are wasted. Mo is double fisting. He's got a bottle of like whiskey in one hand and a beer in Hell the other. Yeah. My man. And Hutton Hell yes. And Hutton is talking about <laughs> Natalie Portman. <laughs> he's yeah. talking about Natalie Portman saying, you know, this girl is going to be amazing. And he, he does say... She's smart. She's funny. She's hot. And Mo says, whoa, dude. Whoa. Like, whoa. She's thir- he says she's 13. And he goes, Mo, it's not like that. Another reason Whatever. why Mo is great. <laughs> okay, groomer. He's, he's he, checking his friend that's talking about grooming a 13-year-old. <laughs> he even says, I'm like one of those characters. I'm like that guy. And Mo says, Polanski. And then he goes, no, like a Nabokov character. I get to be like some vile old man. Like, 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 what's his name? Roman Polanski. No, 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 no. Like, uh, like uh, Nabokov, like, like some Nabokov character, you know. He's talking about the guy from Lolita, which again is a book about a man who grooms a young girl. Like, I don't, I don't understand why because when Mo says Polanski, he goes no, and I'm like, there's nothing better than being the guy from Lolita, in my opinion. They're basically the same person. Like, I mean, well, I mean and and Mo says, or or Timothy Hutton says, I could wait <laughs> ten years. She'll be. 23 i'll be 39 it won't be as weird Big fish or 42 or whatever and then mo says the girl was a zygote when you were in the seventh grade willie the girl was a zygote when you were in the seventh grade which i thought that was really funny good line <laughs> <laughs> so then uh matt dylan goes to apologize to mira sorvino he's a dick the mom answers the door mira sorvino's mom answers the door and basically says like she put a lot of work into this tommy and you're being an asshole which he is. He doesn't care about her at all. Yeah, he's Matt Dillon. Yeah, Matt Dillon is always. And that. then they chat, and then he uh, he walks away. And she well, she closes the door in his face, basically. He tries Lightly, to kiss her. He, walks away first. he does. He tries to kiss her. She turns her head, and then she's like, "Good night." Then the next scene we have Timothy Hutton and Mo going to the frozen lake where the kids are skiing. Uh, I love skating. this scene. Yes, it's a good you scene. Do? I do. I just, I love it's the... it's got, like, Mo just giving dirty looks to Will. So well, why can't you just look at it at what it, for it is? Like, the nature, and they're on a pond, and I was very jealous skating. of the frozen pond. I've always wanted to ice skating. Like it's idyllic. No, no. If I want to no, look, cool. look at it's that... It's capra If I want to look at that stuff, I'll look at, like, a Norman Mailer painting or Rita Robert Frost. You're just jealous. So Mo, uh, oh yeah, I'm jealous of the of the. You're jealous that they were hot boxing in that that ice house. So Mo takes his kids to skate. Timothy Hutton goes to the ice shack where Michael Rappaport and Kevin are ice fishing, but they're having very little luck. Um, and Matt, uh, and right, shit face shenanigans. They've oh, they haven't stopped all drinking. Night and Michael Rappaport's character has said that he has a date with Uma Thurman and Dira. Well, he says. It isn't officially a date. He says she agreed to go out with him. And I think someone says it's a date. He's like, well, 
you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And we then didn't get into semantics. Timothy Hutton again sees Natalie Portman ice skating. He goes to talk to her while she skates, quick, and she quick observation sure. that I would like to about the of course does, does uh does Natalie Portman. Does she own any other different type of clothes in this movie? She's wearing the same thing every time you see her. Well, it's winter and she's 13, so probably not. And it's a it's a mildly, like, very blue-collar town. So she probably has, like, a couple sweaters and a quarter of pants. <laughs> come on, rich boy. Yeah, she only has one on, drawer rich boy. Basically, Natalie Portman says that she wants him to be her boyfriend. And she says, you, me and you. And Timothy Hutton is very excited for it. He goes... Really? Like that, kind of. And she says... Like a creep. You know, he says, well, we have an age... You know, we have a little bit of a problem. And she says, yeah, I'll be the laughingstock of the school and you'll end up in the penitentiary. So she's aware of the fact that it's not appropriate. But she says, wait five years. I'll be 18 and we can walk through this world together. Wait five years. I'll be 18. We can walk through this world together. I don't love the that but i do love that line so then the next scene is michael rapaport and uma thurman going to a bar and you can tell that rapaport is using uma thurman to try and make his ex-girlfriend martha plimpton jealous she's at the bar with the meat cutter so they're dancing uma thurman's like i'll go along with it it's all good it's all good and then michael rapaport tries to kiss her and she storms out because she has a boyfriend she's not interested and you know did you guys pick up on the awesome song that they were playing yeah they were doing like a ska version of um, Can't Get Enough of Your Love by Barry White. Yes, they were. Is that awesome. what that was? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It, it was. was. My darling, yeah. Can't get enough but it was like a ska love, version baby. of it, yeah. It was pretty great. It I was did pretty not great. pick up on that. Yeah. So and then he's like, <laughs> like really trying to like turn it on to impress her and to make his ex jealous. Yes, for like, champagne. Yeah, and the and the waitress is like, "We've got one kind." He's like, "Can I have the best?" She's like, "We only have one." And then he lights a cigar. Like, yeah, did he did he smell it first? Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he smell it? I didn't notice if he smelled it. Or not. You gotta smell it first. Yeah, but show. it is working because. <laughs> Before he tries to kiss Uma Thurman and she freaks out, you can tell Martha Plimpton is upset. Like, she is affected by it. But yeah, she whatever. can't stop staring at them. Yeah. So Uma Thurman storms out. She's walking home. She runs into Matt Dillon, who offers her a ride. And they kind of have this sweet little scene where she talks about her boyfriend and how that's all she really wants. And she doesn't the want anything four else. Words. The, the four words. The four words. She says, she says she all sleep. I need to hear is four words. Yes. Wiggle your big toe. <laughs> Holds up a mitten to yeah, say four. Holds up a mitten. Like, how many fingers? <laughs> four. What are those four words? You say it. Wiggle your big uh, toe. They were incredibly forgettable. I don't know. Good night, sweet girl. Oh, that's right. Those are the four words she needs to hear before she goes to sleep. How could you forget? You told me that the night that we watched the movie before oh. we went to sleep. Why would you tell people that? You're underhandedly so adorable. You're so sweet. That's for us. <laughs> and you've ruined. Never. So then we get, you know, a few different scenes. We see this ridiculous scene with Michael Rappaport talking about how a beautiful girl is a commodity and we need, mo- oh, yeah. we need yeah, models. Yeah. That's where we see the flashlight. There's definitely a flashlight in the there background. There's a flashlight okay. in the room. There it's actually a, a flashlight. It's no, a it's normal a flashlight. It's actually a flashlight that has a rubber glove and two uh, sponges. sponges. Yeah. Like stuffed inside it, so you remember, can fuck it. Remember, we no. had we had yeah, Tammy look exact. it up for us, and she said that the flashlight was invented in 1890. No, that exactly. Was, that so, was a typo you know. on my part. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man! Well, he, and it he, was actually the flashlight. Timothy, oh, it was the flashlight. Timothy Hutton says, "You got to stop this. It's creepy." And Michael Rappaport says, "Look at yourself, Mr. Jerry Lee Lewis." I'm just saying it's creepy. Hey, look who's talking, Mr. Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, no, fucking mo. I don't judge you, okay? If she could cut her own food, she's fair game. Obviously, he shouldn't be doling out advice on being creepy when he's talking to a 13-year-old. Then we get a scene with Matt Dillon and Lauren Holly talking in a library while her child is sitting behind her samsonite is a bad mom she uh he wants to break it off she openly talks about it in front of her kid who's not like a two-year-old this kid's like five or six i would say well she's probably talking to her in yeah in front of her dad so you know i'm pretty sure that's probably matt dylan's kid gross I knew it. I don't know. I, I thought knew she it. kind of. I don't think it's Matt. It. The dad. I don't think it's Matt Dillon's kid. I don't think it's Matt Dillon's kid. Everywhere. Then we get a scene of Tim, of Uma Thurman and Timothy Hutton hanging out at the at Stinky's at the Johnson Inn. Then they go to the ice fishing shack. He tells her about Tracy, his girlfriend, and kind of his did not desire to not commit. Basically saying like, 
I should be excited and I'm what's the words he uses? I, not he goes, complacent, but he is like he's not he's he's I'd indifferent. Rather, he's indifferent to her, which he is said, I'd rather dread her arrival than not give a shit either way. He's indifferent. What the fuck? I know. Does that He's such a fuckboy. I hate him so much, but also love him. Oh, that's what he said. I wrote this down. He says, Do I want to try like with some other people before I settle into the big fade? That's what oh, he calls yeah, it. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Ugh, like, what was that line? Gross. So then we get the arrival of Tracy, Timothy Hutton's girlfriend, Willie's girlfriend. She comes to visit. She drives a Saab. Super and cool. um, she drives a Saab, and it is Annabeth Gish. So Annabeth Gish was from Mystic Pizza, great eighties movie, and most recently was in Midnight Mass on Netflix. She is an awesome actress. She's she's amazing. She has a she has a Mrs. Brady haircut, Brady major Brady bunch haircut. But uh, she's a lawyer. The dad and the brother love her. Because it's uh, someone with a pulse. She's superb. She's superb. That's what the she's dad keeps saying. Yeah. Superb. If it was, um, well, I forget what movie or show it was on, but someone says she's good on paper. She's a good on paper girlfriend. She's smart. She's she has cook. a good job. She's pretty. She's funny. Like, no, I'm sorry. She's a beautiful girl. That's She's the beautiful girl she's in this movie, in my opinion. She's the epitome of the beautiful girl. Yeah. And Natalie Portman is obviously sad. That Tracy has arrived. She's Maybe. jealous. Kinda Unrightfully so. She kind of has this conversation with, with Timothy Hutton. He opens the window and talks to her and says, she says, your girlfriend's pretty. And he says, not as pretty as you. Hold on a second. Trying he, to make her feel better. He walks away from mid-conversation that he was having so that he can go to the window no. up the stairs and shout. He goes to take a shower. <laughs> fucking nonsense. It was all just to talk to his neighbor girl oh out the God. window. Does anybody he says that she was prettier than his fiance. Does Who anybody find it strange that like the woman that you've been dating for less than a year gets there that you're serious with? You're introducing her to your family. Absolutely. And you give her a big hug. Yeah, he does kind of just give her a hug. It's no, like they go for the face. On the cheek. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Goes, they they kind of go for the face, and then it's like, well, because he's indifferent. An embrace. It's just very strange. It's like the most awkward hug. It's so not a side hug. I but know it is. So they're gonna go to a pre pre reunion party. Um, Matt Dillon decides not to go to reunion. To reunion, he's gonna stay home and watch Rich Man Poor Man, which I don't know what that is. Falconetti. Is that like a show? Was that a show or a miniseries or something like that? Yeah. It said he oh, said there was twelve series. Twelve. So he's gonna stay home. The whole Rich Man and watch all the commercials and everything. Yes. And Meaning so he's gonna fuck Rappaport's flashlight. Oh God. So then we get to the pre-party. Everyone loves Tracy. Everyone mm-hmm. loves her. How could you not? She's adorable. Right. Rappaport says she's got good tits and a nice ass. Apparently that's all that matters. Yes. Uh, Matt Remember, Dill- you said you liked him in this movie. I think I just like the idea of him, and and then I also think about the fact that he loves Bravo and Real Housewives. So I feel like me and him would get along. But uh, then we cut to Matt Dillon. He goes to Stinky's for a drink. Lauren Holly's husband is there. So we kind of well, well, we see Matt Dillon. He looks over. He sees Lauren Holly's husband with his three friends. And then we cut to Lauren Holly goes to the reunion. And she's checking in and this guy comes up to her and basically, you know, says, oh, you here alone. Wow, Darian, you were so beautiful in high school. And then he says, you were beautiful, but mean as a snake. Basically, she was a bitch in high school. You can tell. I mean, she's a bitch now. (laughs) She's not a nice person. She just looks mean. And then you see her back and it's full of bones and she looks like a witch. And then you go, all right. And And she had the nerve to, like, tell her husband, Steve, that she wanted to go alone. You know that they never. You never go alone to these things. You're supposed to bring your husband or your wife and well, like have them as yeah, arm she candy. Wants to get she, under the bleachers. she says to Matt Dillon, "It can be just like the yeah. old times, like when you and I were together." And she says, "I've managed it so that my husband doesn't know about us." And then Matt Dillon says, "Yeah, because I don't show drunk show up drunk at your birthday parties like she did." The fact that she thinks her husband doesn't know is ridiculous. Like she's living in La La Land, especially in the small town exactly that they grew up in. So then we go back to Stinky's bar. Again, Lauren Holly's husband and his three friends. He kind of approaches Matt Dillon at the bar and asks, says he's going to buy him a shot. And Matt yep. Dillon says no. And then the husband says, let me get this straight. I can't buy you a shot, but you can stick your dick in my wife. So obviously yes. the husband knew. Well, he escalated. <laughs> and then Dillon pulls a pro gamer move here. And he, uh, he, he just gets his ass kicked. But he what, does. 
What First he gets a shot of rye. Then he says, what does he say? He basically antagonizes the husband if it was one-on-one, but I, you don't look like the kind of guy who would just fight me one-on-one, so... And then he goes out to the parking lot. Him, the husband, and the three friends beat the shit out of him. I think he, he says something about like he does put up a good fight. Being better in bed than yeah, it's a dick measuring. It's all a dick yeah. measuring contest. Well, his dick is bigger. Yeah, that's something alluding to those things. But yeah, Dylan's dick is bigger in this scenario. Well, let's be honest. Matt Dylan's dick is probably bigger. Well, I mean, it would have to be. He puts up a good fight, and then Lauren, Lauren Holly, I keep wanting to say Lauren Hutton. Lauren Holly's husband hits him on the back of the head with like a rock or something, like, and he goes down like a brick. So then the bartender at Stinky's again, uh, that guy, he plays the the clown from uh, American Horror Story, and he was in the Zodiac. Yeah, he was in the Zodiac movie. He calls Mo, Timothy Hutton, Michael Rappaport, and Kevin all go. Basically to avenge Matt Dillon because he's been... Calls his boys. Yeah. And you can tell Mo, like, this is something, like, he's been waiting for. Like, he's never left this town. He's married with two kids. He has no excitement in his life anymore. He this like his Normandy. He freaks out. And he's like, let's go. We got to beat the shit out of this he's guy. Blah, blah, blah. Some ass. So they go to Lauren, Holly's husband's house. And like the pussy is, he calls his three friends mm-hmm. for backup. Um, there's this great scene where the friends come in their BMW or whatever, yep. and uh, Timothy Hutton gets into the snowplow and like hits them with the snowplow. So, and and you know Timothy Hutton is fucking hammered, so it's they're nice, all hammered. Nice DUIs all around. What, for everybody. Isn't that when you think about it, like attempted homicide? When you think about it, but that again, they're was all raised yeah. Oh, they were fine. It was, it's it's boys being boys. So it's boys being boys. Ugh. Mira Sorvina, everyone's at the hospital seeing Matt Dillon. Mira Sorvina comes to the hospital, you know, and there's this kind of sweet scene where Matt Dillon reveals that he thought he was going to be something great. You know, he was, you know, the, he was the guy in high school. He's the bird man. And his life is nowhere near what he thought it was going to be. And that's why he's a fuckboy. He's a man child. Like all they are. They all are. They're all man children. Except for Mo. And then we get this scene where Michael Rappaport kind of realizes the same thing. And he goes and removes all the snow from Martha Plimpton's driveway. Crying, crying hysterically. Because yeah. it's kind of like he's letting her go. But again, he's a fuckboy and a man child. So I don't really know what we're talking Crying dying. the whole time like a big baby. And then he's going to go get a jar of peanut butter. And he's just going to have Elle McPherson help him out. Oh my god. Elle McPherson is a dog. <laughs> and then there is a scene where um, Timothy Hutton and, and Matt Dillon basically... Agree. Why do we always manage to fuck up the good ones? They're the guys that, that always that they're going to think grass is always greener on the other side. They're never going to be content with what they have. And then we kind of get to the end of the movie. Tracy and Willie are leaving. Tracy meets In Marty. Meets Marty, Natalie Portman's character. Everyone says bye. Timothy Hutton says bye. Gives Natalie Portman a kiss on the cheek. Gross. And then they all wave goodbye. And Raggle Rappaport says to Natalie Portman, oh, so you're the neighborhood Lolita. Very gross. And then we get end credits to the tune of Sweet Caroline, actually sung by Neil Diamond. (laughs) Not a single gun or explosion this entire movie. No guns. So I do want to point out, Natalie Portman is playing a 13-year-old in this movie. She actually was 15, and Timothy Hutton was a 29, or playing a 29-year-old was 36 in real life. I would like to point out that in The Professional, which was two years before this, Natalie Portman is only 13 years old. Jean Reno is 46 in that movie. He was uh, also uh, on the spectrum. In oh, movie. so that makes it better. Well, yeah. You ever see you know, like Flowers for Algernon? Or? That's what annoys me, is that people think that the relationship in that movie is sweet because no, he's also no, mentally think, challenged. No, Therefore, he's a child and she's a child. He's 46 in that movie. I, I didn't get any sexual I didn't relationship. Think, I didn't think that, that one was... was no, when she dresses up in Madonna in the cone bra and dances in front of him. That's appropriate. I think she's just being a kid at that point. <sighs> Because he's more of a father figure in that movie. Okay. Yeah. And a protector. Sure. sure. And so plus, and plus totally I, I don't mean uh, to I'm not gonna fucker. point I'm not gonna point fingers or anything when it came to that movie. Mm. But um in the professional at least I felt like Natalie Portman was the gas. He was the brakes. Isn't she the gas in this movie too? Mm, That's yeah. a lot of Charlie going out of his way to I talk like to the underage neighbor. All right. Charlie? He's the Willie. Willie. <laughs> he, he's the clutch. All right. And she's the guest. They're working they, separately. I don't, I don't to think shift that, gears together. I don't know. I don't see this if being my a pursuant situation. It's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. I am not going to do that. It's uncomfortable. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Um, so this movie is, sits on a You're sep- not going to speak to our, our daughter? Not street? like that. No, you can't. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. I won't. Not at all. If she starts talking to me, I'd be like, where's your dad? 
Are yeah. you gonna roll down your win like pull up your window and be like, Hi Amelia? No. <laughs> never. Never. Hello, never. neighbor girl. No. 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 Yeah. Never. You're gonna leave your wife mid sentence and start talking out the window? Yeah. Nope. No. All right then. All right. Nope. Um, so this movie sits on a 79% on Rotten I mean, Tomatoes. she's like on fire or something and she needs, do you need help? Do you need me to get help? <laughs> Are you choking? Are you choking? <laughs> um, 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Got a 3.5 out of 4 stars by Roger Ebert when it first came out in the theaters in 1996. So it was a well-received movie. It was actually rated really well. It was considered a rom-com, which I don't really consider it a rom-com because all the romance is really annoying in this movie and then i have some questionable notes obviously produced by the weinsteins mira sorvino is one of the actresses that is a survivor of harvey weinstein timothy hutton has recently been accused of rape which happened in 1983 and the girl happened to be 14 you learned it from the weinstein Mm. No, this happened in 1983. So, learned it wow. from him. And obviously there's other people in this movie. Michael Rappaport, even though I love him, never been accused of sexual assault, but has, uh, we'll say some questionable saucy language when he talks about certain things. But yeah, that's that's Beautiful Girls. I obviously love this movie and I know it, it doesn't, I'll say this, it doesn't age well, but I think it's really well written. I love the people in it. Such a great cast. There are just, uh, there are some scenes that I just think are, are great. They really are. I just think like the scene with Uma Thurman and Matt Dillon. Sorry. I like the Rosie O'Donnell scenes. I think they're funny. And I do like the scenes between Timothy Hutton and Allie Portman, even though they are uncomfortable. Tammy, what do you think? Uh, honestly, I think that the scenes with Natalie Portman and Timothy Hutton are the only romance in the movie. Yeah. If you think about it. <laughs> There's no dialogue of romance with any of the couples. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Is there any dialogue of them talking nicely to each other? Not really. No. But that's do you the li- only romance in the movie. Do you like it? Do you like the movie? So did you like it? I did like the cast. I did enjoy the, you know, coming home story okay. and, you know, the growing up and, you know, what are we doing with ourselves and, and that whole thing. Okay. So I would watch it again. Guido. Like if I saw it on TV, I'd put it on. Yay. Do you really want to know? No, because I know you don't like it. Well, then there. Why I, don't you but like why? feeling? Why? Yeah. Like, I know you're going to like the next movie because there's so many guns in it that we're going to talk about. But I don't understand why this movie doesn't remind you of our friend group. Yeah. Because none of them are interested in underage girls. Oh and we're okay. all in somewhat stable from, relationships. From that particular and all of them are not degenerate line. drunk assholes that fuck up every relationship they get into. Like <laughs> it's just a okay. snapshot okay. of people I don't fucking like. Like what, what do you want okay, me to tell you? Like, maybe like it, okay, half of no them? explosions, like, no guns are one thing, but every single person other than Wh- no even Willie, they're all bad. Everybody but Willie's fiance is a bad person in this movie. What do you want me to tell you? They're not bad people. Yes, they fucking are. At their core, they are bad people. They can't change. They just and they're make afraid mistakes. of commitment. Oh, meekness. They're they, 28 years they will old. They're forever alone. They're 28. Not all of us were married alone. at 28. Yeah, not. Did you hear how they not, were rating those girls at 28? No, no 28 year old talks like that still. Not it's everyone like can meet. I think they when do. When you peak in high school, you're a type of person. Matt, oh, I agree. Matt Dillon peaked in high school. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Matt? Well, um, if, could, if I could put audio to my eye roll, it would be very loud. It's a Liz Lemon eye roll right now. Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm not going to say I hated it. Oh, um, that's a positive. Would you give it a 79 on Rotten Tomatoes? No. No, I uh, honestly, I was really expecting from the dialogue and from the way this movie was set up. I was half expecting, you know, when they drove past on their way to Stinky's, they drove past a gas station and Jay and Silent Bob were standing out there. You did because say that. this felt like basically a more heartfelt, less gross out dialogue Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh this and oh this. Oh, I don't know how to commit. But meanwhile I got a whole fucking room full of half naked women on and a flashlight in my office. And a single bed. In a single bed. But meanwhile gross. she's the problem There's because she left me for guaranteed. a meat cutter. I feel like this movie watching it like, man, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. It's either a no. yes or a no, you don't like it. It's fine. Men, like, women watch this movie and they're like, this is how men talk, this is how men think. And I'm like, no, this sets us back like 20 years. This movie was written by a man. This was not written or directed how, by wait, a woman. So, on How long did it take him to write it? Like five days. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah and he also wrote Con Air again. So, so you're saying that. A little refresher on that. Writing that movie? Well, Con Air is longer and, you know, there's a lot of backstory in Con Air. <laughs> 
So are you saying at least, that this at least how men think all, all those cons need backstories, and at it's a least, lot. At least in this, in Con Air, we know that the pedo is a bad person. Who, He's Steve Buscemi? Well, no, he's not a pedophile. He's a mur- he's a serial yeah, killer. He just wears he's a mass murderer. <laughs> okay, he wasn't a pedophile. Sure, Danny Trejo was the rapist pedophile. Okay, well, okay, so that's that's a two yes and a two no, which I will take. But you're saying that's not how men think at 28. I think it is. Not all men. I'm not gonna say all men think like that. Dude, Dude. you check out that chick. Yeah, what do you meanwhile. think? She's got a 9.0 no. yeah. on the rack. You Her ass is definitely 7.25. The dialogue in this movie reminded me a lot of last week's movie. It reminded me a lot of Twin Cities. I expected, like, the fucking Barbarian Brothers. That's only because of the accent. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry my Barbarian Brothers movie wasn't, you know, oh like, Roger Ebert approved over here. Like, Sorry. You know, I give her a 7.5. She's got a great personality. All right. And uh, this is my elocutions lessons. Dude. I guess I got two out of four, which I'm happy with because my last movie, I only got one out of four. So our next episode is Matt's pick. Matt, you want to talk about what you uh, picked for your second month of our pod? Second month of our pod, we are going to watch a class. It's it's kind of a it's it's under the radar classic film starring one of the greatest actors of our generation. Greatest actor ever. One of the greatest actors ever. Uh, Ice T. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Boom, boom. And yes. then dun, 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 also dun, dun. also uh, j- joking. I mean, uh, Denzel. No, Wa- it's, it stars Denzel Washington and Harry and the Hendersons. John Lithgow. We are watching a movie called Ricochet. So try to watch it before uh, next week, and obviously tune in wherever you stream podcasts. But I love uh, me some Denzel. Oh yeah, mustache. I can't Denzel. wait to watch this one. I know. Yeah, it's gonna we're be gonna great. have to. I'm so excited. We're gonna have to scotch guard the floors before we start recording. Mm-hmm. Slip and slide. Slip and slide. Yeah. <laughs> A right. young Denzel. A like young that. Denzel. It was, it, was, it was 1991 it was made, right? And this, I mean, that's mm-hmm. after he won his Oscar, I feel like. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.